Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Wednesdays being the new Fridays. We'll also be talking about what's coming up to Disney Plus in the US in July. We'll also be sharing our thoughts on some of this week's Disney Plus originals, including Luca, Loki, A Bad Batch, and also the finale of Big Shop. We'll also be throwing in some discussion about Wolfgang and also Love, Victor. So... Before we go into any of that, quick bit of housekeeping. If you haven't already done so, make sure you go check out what's on at DisneyPlus.com. Favorite, like, join the newsletter, join us on social media, keep up with all of our latest stories. You can also follow us here on YouTube and you can follow us on audio platforms such as Spotify, iTunes, etc. Also, a big thank you and for all the support from our YouTube channel members and patrons who make sure that this podcast and our channel is supported regardless of what goes on with advertising and stuff like that and make sure we can all carry on. So a huge thank you for them. You can support us from as little as $2 a month. And a huge thank you, first off, to Sarah for being um, at the platinum level. Thank you very much for your support. Also, thank you to Andrew, Jacob, Caleb, Resmars, man, Andrew, Cody, Darren, The Juice, Lester, Lauren, and James for their supports in the Diamond and Gold uh, brackets. And also the same thing for YouTube for Bad Dog Gaming, Johnny, J Blue, Amit, Angels Army, Raphael, my VCR still works, Bina, Joshua, Adam, Dawn, Martin, and Jeremy. Thank you very much for all of your support and yeah, in everything. So let's jump into it. So there's been quite a few big bits of news this week. So we'd kind of heard of obviously Wednesdays being the new Fridays. Um, it was something that they did for the Loki launch with them moving over. And it has proven to be very successful as Loki was the most watched uh, Disney Plus premiere they've had so far. Not a huge surprising. Every time they do a new show, they've got more people than they had last time. But also, I still think Loki's a much bigger character than like, uh, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. So it kind of makes sense at that point. But they have now seemed to have committed to the idea of moving uh, pretty much all of their new Disney Plus original series over to Wednesdays. So they have announced, for example, that Turner and Hooch has moved over to Wednesdays, Monsters um, at Work, and they've also moved some of the other Disney Plus originals like uh, Chippendale Park Life, The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, Turning the Tables. They've all shifted over to Wednesdays in July. The only thing is, our original movies are going to be dropping on Fridays. So Stuntman and Playing with Sharks will drop on Fridays in July. And also the Bad Batch High School Musical and the Benedict Society will be launching on Fridays as they have been planned. Um, that's probably just going to keep that going. I also wonder as well if it's a little bit of a test. They can see how well they perform if they've got them going out on different days. So while they've moved everything to Wednesdays, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's like, well, actually, we're going to monitor it a little bit and see how we do with splitting these up a little bit. So, yeah. So Wednesdays, we are now going to be getting a lot of new content dropping on Wednesdays. Um, in the UK as well, we've had the list drop. And it's not just in the US. We're now also getting some of the new shows are going to be dropping on Wednesdays. For example, we're going to be getting American Dad season 17 and season nine of Last Man Standing will start dropping on Wednesdays. And they're also dropping some library content as well. So the UK has already jumped in and started make, you making the most of having two days to spread everything out. Haven't yet had the Canada or Australia lists um, to see what's going on there, but I suspect it'll be something similar. But what do you think of this big shift over to Wednesdays? Um, I think it's good. I think that having these things spread out will give some more attention to the smaller programs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's really good to, to have that midweek launch uh for the major programs it it gets the the talk going 
I'm not sure. It won't impact the overall watching of the big shows, but it might spread out people watching them on the day it drops versus, say, the weekend. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people work midweek mm-hmm. and they don't really have time even after work uh, to watch these. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in regard to like the water cooler talk uh, for these movies, especially as, at least in America, a lot of the offices are starting to go back. Yeah, see, I thought of it, it could go the other way, where obviously, like, say, like Loki drops on the Wednesday and then the spoiler kind of opens up on the Friday. And so then anyone that kind of got the whole weekend then to catch up, and essentially, you've got that choice. You might want to watch it on a Thursday. You know, you've got these choices of, I don't, rather than, I think we were getting in that situation of we are now going to be getting multiple shows a week. And we're going to be getting multiple shows a week pretty much now constant. There's no more going back to one show that was, so spreading them out makes so much more sense. But also, I can't help but feel like they've positioned away from Fridays because movies are coming back. You know, they've got the big movies. You know, we've had like Luca this week. You know, in July, we've got Jungle Cruise on a Friday. We've got Black Widow on a Friday. It seems funny that they've shifted the other two movies on to um, Fridays as well and kept them going. And I'm wondering if they're kind of thinking like Fridays are when they want to release the movies and have all the focus on that, especially if this Premier Access thing becomes standard. You know, if this becomes their standard go-to, Friday, obviously they can drop library content, but they want they can put all of their a focus of the PR marketing on those movies, which is big. You know, and you can, I mean, you know, they're, going, they're going to be promoting everything anyway, but I'm really starting to wonder now if, you know, especially with the 20th century studio movies, we had like vacationing with friends, you know, that's going to be coming at the end of August on a Friday, the Hulu and Disney plus internationally, you know, we're starting to see maybe a shift that way. Uh, it's possible, but I mean, movies have been traditionally released on Friday for decades long yeah. i mean i'm not sure when that trend came around but it's definitely been for my entire lifetime or yeah. at least as far as i've known uh so whereas they control like loki uh yeah. chippendale and so on they yeah. they can do whatever they want with those whereas if they start releasing movies on tuesday or wednesday they're really changing the entire yeah. uh release schedule for all movies not just theirs and i think they're not ready to do that now some people will point out there are exceptions. There have been times when movies have launched on a Tuesday or, or something like that in the well, summer, I, but I was, I was gonna say, I'm traditionally it's Friday. I generally go, I think Thursdays were generally the day quite often I'd go because it'd be like early previews and stuff. So, but generally, right. like you say, yeah, Fridays is kind well, of they, a big one. They still announce them as Thursdays as the pre-release or the early yeah. screenings. The official yeah. launch is always Friday. And even so, it's normally the big movies. Obviously, Black Widow has a mm. Thursday launch, I know, because my ticket is for Thursday. But most movies are still the first time you get to see them is on that Friday. But I, I just feel like, you know, with this whole, like with that shift, it does kind of, the thing is well, Disney plus pretty much has nearly had 18 months, you know, it launched in obviously November, 2019. And I only really had like three, six months of like cinema of cinema releases. Obviously we saw with star Wars, the rise of Skywalker, they shifted the Mandalorian away to a Wednesday for that. So they have done that in the past. Um, and then obviously, you know, February onwards, just, it just, you know, we didn't have that anymore. And that whole, so Disney plus pretty much then had a whole year, a year and a half where it's not had to kind of compete with cinema. Um, and so like now, obviously they've got some, they'll have got some data from Raya and also, uh, Cruella 
and they're starting to see. I don't know. I just I've, I've got a feeling that Premier Access might not quite be going. The, I know they all want to go back to cinemas, but I thought if they want to push that big movie on a Friday, that's going to be the one they're going to want to do. I don't think it hurts them to continue to have uh, Premier Access as an option available. Most people, I think, are still going to want to go to the theater, um, especially you know individuals like me. Yeah. It, it makes no yeah. financial sense for me to buy uh, the early access, but families might. And giving them the option isn't a bad thing. Now, obviously, the theaters are going to push back. Um, and especially with what will hopefully be a recovery process for the theaters right now, they're going to want to get as much money back in as possible. But it is kind of a new reality situation going on there. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all in that situation of things with thing, things were changing even before all of this happened. You know, there was already push on things to be quicker and they wanted it. And, you know, everything's changed and so now they've been able to kind of restart basically kind of with much shorter uh, windows it's kind of funny because uh searchlight pictures summer of soul um that's going to be coming out on july the 2nd in the us and canada in cinemas and it'll also be available on disney plus in canada and on hulu in the united states whereas over here in the uk it's been announced that the cinema are getting it on the 18th of july and they get like a two-week window before it hits Disney Plus, I think, then on um, the 30th of July or 28th. Um, so it's so you know we're already getting like we're seeing changes in how they're doing this whole kind of situation with um, releases. But yeah, it's definitely for me. I I don't think now, and especially with the, all the star content, because I think that's definitely a, a, an interesting thing for us as well. Is Fridays was becoming like you know they were dropping. 10 to 15 series ep- new episodes on a friday so splitting them up into two is actually better for, for the uk or for the international market as well um i just know like on a friday it's like okay what do i watch first i mean i'm luckily in the same way that you know i'd already watched big shot in advance um so i'd already seen that one so i didn't and i'd already seen luca so i was already like ahead in the fact of trying to watch stuff so i know that feeling of being able to watch stuff midweek but also like suddenly, then I'm like, I want, I want to watch Grownish, High School Musical, The Bad Batch, um, you know, big, you know, there's all these different shows that we wanted to watch, and some of them you know are going to be, you know, you want to watch them fast for spoilers, like Bad Batch was like obviously the first one, but there are other shows which you like, oh, I'll get around to it, and I don't know, like Wednesdays might just help spread those shows out a little bit more, but um, I definitely feel like this is definitely going to be a shift. We're seeing it in July, and. Yeah, I I don't see this as a negative at all because it's just spreading out. And and if it and if some shows might still launch on Fridays, I know they've shifted them all off, but they've still got free shows dropping every single Friday right through July anyway. So it's not like um, there's nothing on a Friday. I would expect that they'll continue with Friday drops on on shows for quite some time, and not just the library content or the mm. star content. I think that it will continue to be a decision that they make on individual shows, like smaller shows. Some of the ones that we joke about came out during quarantine, uh, all the various uh, kids game shows that, Mm. that came and went very quickly. If they were to release those now, I suspect they would continue to be Friday drops uh, even on into like 2022, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Obviously, uh, star is a bit of a unique situation Mm. at the moment. Eventually you guys will catch up with the Hulu content. Yeah or they might keep some stuff back for a while, but that like nine or 10 items per week will definitely slow down at some point. Well, I don't know if it's actually going to slow down because essentially what's happening is when um, you see it in Australia, 
I mean, Australia's not only are they getting star content, but they're also getting new episodes of Grey's Anatomy, Station 19, Bob's Burgers, American Dad. You know, we're st- you're going to start getting multiple, you're getting those network shows as those contracts run out. And, you know, we saw like with like the UK now getting, you know, two shows that would have been on Fox, you know, that have now shifted though. So we're seeing, you're going to see more of that. And then especially when all the FX shows start kicking in that aren't under existing contracts, you know, with, and also, you know, like in August, we're getting American uh, walking dead on a Monday, you know, we're going to start seeing multiple drops a week. I mean, personally, I think this is great. I think this is, you know, you see it, Netflix does it, you know, where they drop stuff um, different days and stuff. But I think Disney plus is at that point now it has enough content. It, that's the key thing it has enough content to do it it was it, you know when we're on the back of the days of what's out this week L- lamp life <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i hope those days are gone uh the point being though that a lot of what's dropping on star right now is stuff that's been on hulu or been hmm. syndicated a while ago the stuff you know yeah. i don't know how long it'll take but at some point when we're talking about the new drops every week it will be new content period. Uh, And we'll have to come up with a term that might already be an existing term for uh, the shows that air and then immediately or very quickly end up on uh, Disney Plus or Netflix or whatever. I'm sure there's probably already a term out there, but we'll have to decide what we want to call it. Yeah, I mean, it's like the July list. I mean, you're seeing this already. Disney are already starting to play around with the release schedules of the National Geographic and the Disney Channel stuff. For the very first time this past week, Disney put out a press release about Spidey and his amazing friends, not the 1980s version, but the the kids' preschool version, and also Mickey Mouse Funhouse. And they literally, in the press release, stated that a further release will be available on Disney Plus after it's aired. And that's the, that's, I can't remember a single Disney Plus um, mention in a Disney Channel press release before. This is kind of like, okay, we're in the, and also, they're, the new shorts of these new ones are dropping in July when about a week after they've aired on the Disney Channel. And we're seeing it with Sydney to the Max. They're dropping like eight episodes at once. I think they're just doing that next week in the US. And then they're going to do it again in July with the rest of, you know, they are speeding up the process of how these shows are arriving. You know, we're seeing it with um, Gordon Ramsay Uncharted at the minute. You know, they're arriving a few days later on the Fridays. You're starting to and you're starting to see this shift over, and um, I suspect something will happen again internationally for us when National Geographic is kind of rumored also to be, you know, maybe on the chopping block um, <laughs> uh, as a, as a channel. You know, we're seeing this shift, and maybe that's also coming to the idea of their thinking with these Fridays, if they've got television shows to drop as well, even more content. Yeah, it's basically it's a problem with too much stuff coming in speaking of two, yeah and speaking yeah, of let's two, talk july let's talk let's talk july so we're going to focus primarily on the u.s list so obviously we're getting a new episodes of high school musical the musical the series star wars the bad batch and the mysterious benedict society we're getting new episodes every friday but also on july the second and also you were getting gordon ramsay uncharted i'll say that one now so we're getting uh, disney juniors mixed up adventures that one's been a bit of an old one because that one's kind of like a third season that should have been out a while ago Season four of Raven's Home and Sandlot one and two. Then on Wednesday, they're getting it. See, this is the thing of, I need to, ch- I'm just going to bring up the other one because the US list and they've set out two lists and they've both got, one of them's got library content dropping on the Wednesday. One of them doesn't. So I just, um, we've got like Breaking Bones, 
Um, so that one there is dropping as well. We've also got um, new episodes, obviously, of Monsters at Work. They're going to be dropping right through on Wednesdays throughout July. And that's for everybody. It's, uh, we've got two more episodes of Loki dropping. There'll be a new Marvel's Legends dropping about Black Widow, dropping two days before the film does, which will be on Friday, July the 9th, where we're also getting Flickr. The uh, Miraculous World Shanghai, The Legend of the Lady Dragon. And then a load of shark documentaries. Um, if there's one thing we're not going to be short of in July for anybody is shark documentaries. There is about, I think about 10 in the US and we're getting probably about the same in the UK at least. It's one of the ones I do want to watch is Shark Beach with Chris Hemsworth. Um, what's going to be getting, as I said, Black Widow will be dropping um, Premier Access. So will Jungle Cruise at the end of the month. On July the 14th, um, again, we're just going to be getting, see, it's listed here is Disney Junior's Mini Bow Toon. So this is what's really annoying me with the list is, is I've got two lists and that show all the library content is being split between Wednesdays and Fridays. And now I'm like, well, which one is it? <laughs> I have reached out for clarification because they've got two different lists. Um, we've also got uh, We Brought a Zoo dropping on July the 16th. And then we've got uh, Turner and Hooch dropping on the 21st of July with new episodes dropping every Wednesday. Plus Behind the Attraction, a so we've got 10 episodes all dropping at once, all about the Disney attractions, so Disneyland. We've, you know, we spoke last week about this one. So they've shifted this one back and turned and hooked back to that Wednesday. So that's disappointing that's been moved back, but that makes sense. And then we're going to get a Marvel Studios Assembled, the making of Loki. Moving on to Friday, July the 23rd in the US, again, Ice Age to Meltdown, Walking with Dinosaurs, and another shark documentary. And... Then on July the 28th, we're also getting Turning the Tables with Robin Roberts, um, all four episodes, and then those new episodes of Chippendale Park Life and the second season of The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. We're getting two shorts, because that was what was confirmed on the US, on the UK list. While on July the 30th, along with uh, Jungle Cruise, we're getting Garfield and Built for Mars, The President's Rover. Um, Lots of stuff, and like I said, we there was a little bit of confusion in terms of how some of these library content are are releasing, due to just Disney just sending out two completely different. <laughs> um, but yeah, and also in the UK, like I said, we're getting um, other shows. We're getting like Race to the Center of the Earth that'll be dropping. We're getting loads of new movies, uh, The Walking Dead. We're getting that um, on July the second, ten seasons. The Golden Girls. We're getting that one as well. Um, so lots of different content dropping right through July. What jumped out from you from the U.S. list? Mostly the shows. Um, obviously, the shark content looks great. Mm. Um, and I don't know which ones I'll watch. Probably the Chris Hemsworth one, but uh, the bull shark one looks pretty good, too. But again, primarily, it's the shows. Bad Batch, uh, Mysterious, Benedict Society, uh, all sorts of stuff like that. And then, of course, Jungle Cruise, Black Widow. Uh, yeah. Honestly, it's hard to pick stuff out. A lot yeah. of the library content I've already seen, though. Yeah, see, the, the, the thing is with the library content is it's kind of, again, with the especially with the US list, is it's either Disney Channel shows or Sharks. You know, um, the, the, All for the Sharks. Break, yeah, the Breaking Bobby Bones show, something I might want to check that one out because I've, I've got no idea who he is or what it's about, but that's, at least it's not a shark. Um, I mean, I love uh, apparently, love apparently he's a stuntman, I guess. Yeah. We've also got Stuntman as well dropping, um, which should be fun. I mean, that one's been that one's been floating around for a few years, but it's nice to see that one kind of coming in line. But 
again, for me, the US library content this month is probably one of the poorest I've seen. Um, there's nothing, there's no classic movies. There's, um, there's a few random movies that have been taken off and put back on, you know, there's, you know, like Garfield and Ice Age, you know, Meltdown are not big hits. Um, it would have been nice to have seen something a little bit older in there. I know there's a lot of people complaining about the lack of library content, because if you look at this one here and you take away the sharks and you take away the, the Disney Channel stuff, there actually isn't anything left. Um, and that's kind of an issue I think they need to be aware of, um, which is, it's a shame. I mean, you know, you've got so many movies from 20th century, from their history and from Disney's history, and they're just not, you know, at least one or two old movies a month would be at least something from the from the vault. But that's my only criticism of the, the list so far. Yeah, I have to wonder if they've looked at some numbers and gone, um, it's not really worth the effort for the library content, for the old library content, because yeah. a lot of them need to be digitized. A lot of them need to be upscaled. I know there's still some that, that were done that way for with Disney now and, and previous apps, but uh, a lot of the content just isn't ready for streaming. And I, I wonder if, if they've said like uh, the amount of effort that it would take to clean up these movies is not worth it for the number of people who would watch it. I, yeah. I, and it's pure speculation. I yeah. Know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to kind of edge on that same bet really. For me, I view that the problem is like with the library content is it doesn't pull in numbers. It doesn't pull in the big enough numbers. And also, you know, the, it doesn't, it doesn't hit the nail like the same way that you can see what they're doing with their TV shows where they are just, bouncing new stuff you know you think of all the shows that they're making for those networks and then you put them all onto disney plus that's a lot of content that they're creating and that's what's driving people onto the bulk of their big titles are already on there you know obviously you're getting little bits and pieces dropping over from previous um, streaming contracts um maybe they're just holding that stuff back for when the streaming you know when they've run out of the hbo deal so they can kind of keep dropping a movie well, maybe they're just looking at, well, we'll drop like a movie a week or sort of that, and that's their schedule. And they're thinking, well, things like Garfield and Ice Age and Walking with Dinosaurs, etc., is enough to give them one a week. Maybe that's just a simple platform that they... It is, it is annoying, because right? sometimes you get some big ones, but it's like, you know, when they put things like The Muppet Show or something like that on, you know, there's nothing really big hitting it. I mean, they put Star Wars droids on Disney Plus yesterday, and they didn't even kind of promote it. They just kind of it's... dropped it on. It's not even on the like what's new tab. It's, no. <laughs> they just kind yeah. of stuck it in there. To be fair, Star Wars droids is probably not one of the ones that you, you really want to wave around too much. I mean, it's not a bad series, but it, there's certainly nothing particularly outstanding. Uh, from personal experience, I know like up until Disney Plus launched, there was a decent amount of library content from the 90s that was almost impossible to get proper access to. Uh, things like Rescue Rangers, Gargoyles, um, the Aladdin animated show, things like that. Uh, so while they're available now, there were definitely times I was like, man, I would have watched Gargoyles if it was available, but it wasn't, uh, at least not in a reasonable way. It's definitely, I think that well, like with movies, obviously you can see it a lot more with, like, with the trending and what people are watching. Um, but I, it, it is a strange thing with like the library content. I, I will be honest, I was a little bit disappointed with, um, and I could see the criticism and I'm like, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, if you take the shark stuff, kind of 
you know, with Shark Fest, it's like you guys could spread this out a little bit better. We could have had maybe one shark documentary a week. Then, then it's not year. a <laughs> then it's not a fest, though. You know, it's, yeah. it's a it's a long term. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it just kind of feels a little. I, I don't don't think it helps with them dropping the old stuff in the with the new stuff. That's, that's true. It's like if just dropped all the new stuff now, and then that would have been all right. But I think it's just dropping all the old stuff in with the new stuff makes it look even worse but i mean i love shark documentaries but even i'm like, i'm not gonna watch nine of them in a day <laughs> and but, and it's kind of interesting because like nature documentaries too it's not always all that valuable to go back to the older ones no. because you technology you look at them and you're like well we didn't know as much then and there might even yeah. be just blatant misinformation in them whereas you would hope that current documentaries at least reflect what we know now obviously 10 years from now we'll go oh man that documentary it, it was totally wrong on on bull sharks in this way or other yeah. but for our current knowledge mm. you know it yes. generally going to be more entertaining also yeah. the photography is going to be mm. uh i hesitate to say better because some of the old ones have some beautiful photography but they've got better equipment to better capture it i'm using the word better a lot here yeah. um <laughs> you know there's superior. something to be said <laughs> superior. There's something to be said for that crystal clear quality that you get now, as opposed to like the Jacques Rousseau uh, documentaries, which were fantastic, but he was shooting them on cameras, mm. you know, from his time period. They look different than cameras now. Yeah, I'm so I'm so disappointed that they didn't do like I think Secrets of the Wales wasn't 4K, but that's my own thing. Right. So that was um, July list. So we'd, we'd kind of go for that. A couple of quick news bits as well before we jump into the reviews. Um, now Disney has officially greenlit Beauty and the Beast, the limited musical series, which is a prequel to the uh, 2017 movie. And it was obviously see uh, LeFou and Gaston return. Plus Brianna Middleton will be joining the cast as Tilly, who is uh, LeFou's stepsister. And they go on an adventure together. Nice to see that one greenlit. It was a bit along the lines of, well, didn't we get this at the, at the streaming event that it was, but now they've officially like moved into it. It's like, oh, right. <laughs> so um, yeah. it's nice to see that one. That one, I mean, they're only going to start filming that next year. So this one might not be arriving for a while yet. Yeah, it um, depends on, on how much special effects. Because if Beast is not in it, hopefully the special effects won't be too high. But, yeah. uh, you know, that, that we could, it could be 2023 before we see yeah. that. See, I'm really looking forward to start when we start getting some like Disney fantasy series, things like Percy Jackson, Willow, this Beauty and the Beast one, where we start getting something like not necessarily aimed in high school. You know, <laughs> that would be quite from the Disney cool. side. That'd be quite quite a nice aspect. <laughs> we'll be talking about high school a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there we go. So that one there. We also had it officially announced this week. That the Beatles get back a documentary that was originally supposed to come to cinemas, I think, last year. Then they got pushed back to August this year. Well, now it's been pushed back again, but this time it's shifting over to Disney Plus. It'll be coming on Thanksgiving weekend on November the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh. Though I will state this: take those no those dates with a pinch of salt because they've moved every single date they've announced in advance pretty much so far. Um, but yeah, I think Thanksgiving is probably pretty safe. Um, rather than being a two hour movie, now it's three two-hour episodes. I don't think Peter Jackson could do the editing. And as we've known with Lord of the Rings, he doesn't like to edit sometimes. Um, See, I, I would hold King Kong up as the uh, he doesn't like to edit proof, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> he does like to do long editions. And the fact that I think this is a win-win-win, we're getting a series of three episodes now at six hours of content. We're cut from like a hundred hours, hundreds of hours of content. Um, 
I'm interested in this one here in terms of, I think had it been like the one movie, I think I was like, yeah, I'll see it. Three episodes is now like, well, it's going to depend on how I like the first episode because that's going to be the, that's going to be the key thing. Um, obviously, breaking over the Thanksgiving weekend, interesting choice, but kind of makes sense. I mean, I think that will be going alongside Enchantico, which will be coming to cinemas around the same time. So there's quite a different audience. So I don't think that's a bad thing. So I thought that was obviously big news. Again, it's a kind of odd to go from a, an original. We'd all, I think we'd all been saying for the last year, going, this makes so much more sense as a Disney Plus show than or a movie because See, I think it will get more audience as uh, as like that. It's not even necessarily more audience. It's it's how it gets that audience because it's the kind of thing where you can go to your parents and go, "Hey, there's a new new Beatles documentary," and they're like, "Oh, I watched the Beatles when I was a kid," or or. Yeah something like that and you get them into disney plus that way uh because they may not have but now you have this family activity especially in america with it being thanksgiving weekend uh families all want something to do so uh being able to watch maybe not six hours but at least a couple hours of beatles content uh it's a good good little marketing scheme and it, it reminds me a bit of the imagineering story as well you know it was originally supposed to be a movie and then we watched the the six episodes and that were like, man, if they'd cut this down to a two hour movie, we would have lost so much from this. So definitely I'm interested in this one. Um, And I kind of look at it and go, this is just, I never would have gone to the cinema to watch this. This is just not, I don't, I mean, to go to, to, I mean, how many people go to the cinema to watch a documentary anyway? Um, And also the budgets are much smaller. So therefore they make more sense as a streaming product. um, And just in general, Um, speaking of documentaries, before we jump into this week's one, I just want to talk a little bit about Wolfgang, which is a brand new uh, Disney Plus original documentary that will be coming next Friday. Sorry, not, uh, yeah, next Friday on the 25th. This was shown off uh, originally at the Tribeca Film Festival last weekend. Um, I have got to see it. I did put up my written review last weekend. Um, and if you've, I'm going to be honest, Wolfgang is it's a great documentary to introduce you to who he is, but also if you are aware of who he is, just kind of about, about his life, how he started, how he got into the business, how he kind of grew through the business. Then also moving on to television, then his other empires, his restaurants, kind of then go into some of the problems that he had because he got too successful and trying to do too many things. And obviously, the, um, you know, his family life suffered. And But generally as a whole, I thought it was very interesting because I'd seen Wolfgang at, at Disney World. And I think I've seen it when I've been traveling around, but never ate there, never seen anything about it. And again, because he wasn't on television and here in the UK growing up, wasn't really too familiar with him. But having watched this documentary, like I, I enjoyed as well the the aspect of him talking about the business side of running, of like how it all worked and all the rest of it. Because you know, as someone who has run um, a cafe, nowhere near on his level. I'm going to be honest. I'm like, he's nowhere near his level. You know, you, you heard I, it here first, guys. I, yeah, my, Roger. You know, I, Roger I, thinks he's Wolfgang Puck 2.0. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Wolfgang Puck. Yeah, there's no no chance. More like, um, yeah, from the Tiny Toons. Um, it's definitely. Um, that's why I enjoyed that whole aspect of it. Um, it's it's if you it's, this is a and it's about 70, 80 minutes. So it's not it's not a, a really long one. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, but it's not going to be for everyone. It's going to start, find a certain audience. Um, I did actually get to speak with Wolfgang this past week about the documentary. There will be a, a video going up um, probably over, to, in the, over the weekend. 
where and, and you know he, he one of the key things he brought up was about the fact of um getting to a younger audience that was because they were already filming they were already making the documentary and they went to disney plus um because it's the company they're working with but they wanted to get to a younger audience they wanted to reach a bigger audience and kind of and i think that was one of the key things um about this one here so again this one will be coming up next week I, I, we'll talk about it a little bit um, if james gets to watch it next week but if you're interested in cooking and restaurants and about him as a whole this is a great documentary if you've got no interest in any of that then it's, it's, it's not going to be for you but um it was quite a nice i would say a palette changer it was quite a nice kind of um you know with everything else that we've been watching it was i just kind of enjoyed just watching so completely different away from this one here um so that one i thought was a really a really interesting documentary about and this is nice for them to do something completely you know, just pick, and it would, you know, they did go into some of the, some of the harder details. It didn't sugarcoat everything. And I kind of enjoyed that. It looks like it'll be an interesting one. Uh, I'm not really huge into cooking shows, but I'm going to check it out anyway. Again, like you said, it, it's a bit of a change. And um, as we'll talk about in the reviews, there's been a, a bit of a, a sameness in some of the, the Disney plus content yeah. lately. Um one thing it's worth pointing out, especially for a younger audience, is while his name might not be as well known, he really did lay the groundwork for a lot of what we would call the celebrity chefs of today. Uh, there just basically wouldn't have been celebrity. He was like one of the first ones. We wouldn't have Gordon Ramsay and you know Jamie Oliver and all these other ones without what he did before it. Because up till then, it was the restaurateur. The guy that owned the restaurant was the one that was the, the, the chef didn't matter. They were just, and of course now it's all shift, shifted around and now, you know, the chefs own, you know, it's there, which kind of makes a lot more sense, really. You know, owning a restaurant, you know, it's all very fine having all the prestige in it, but this the guy at the back making it all and directing everything is where, you know, the magic happens. Um, I, but no. I suspect that previously there was just a, you know, you put a recipe in front of the chef and the, the chef cooks a recipe and it has nothing to do with the chef. He's mm -hmm. just assembling the pieces and now you know, there's the, each one has their signature dish yeah. and they, they have their way of doing it. Even like a common dish that you, you know, spaghetti, they've got their own way of doing it. You know? All I know is next time I'm going to Walt Disney world, or if um, I don't know if he's got no, I might be out in downtown Disney, maybe first. Um, I am going to have eat. I, I, it's definitely a kind of thing. And I go, well, right. Next time I, next time I see one, I want to go tr try some food there. So that's, so I know you're going to compare the, I know we won't be cooking it, but <laughs> <laughs> you'll be comparing the food they serve to the food you serve in the cafe and yeah. finding it wanting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. My, my skills. Yeah. I could get an egg and bacon. That's basically it. Um, <laughs> right. So and I'm not joking. That's um, more than I can cook. Yeah. So now let's move on to this. So let's talk off. We'll start off with Luca. Um, what did you think of this one? Uh, first of all, are we doing spoilers on this one or? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we will do because I mean, I, I think we'll be on spoilers for all of the reviews because ultimately, we, it, I mean, Lucas, I don't really know what's not been spoiled from the trailer, to be honest. It's a bit, I mean, it, the ending can be a little bit spoilery, but yeah, we're kind of uh, trying to, yeah, I mean, you we'll can try see it coming a mile off. <laughs> you can see most of it coming a mile. Yeah. There are actually some things about the ending I quite yeah. liked and that they didn't play into it, but we'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. Um, overall, I enjoyed it. It was a nice little, just kind of chill film there was a little bit of conflict there obviously as the two friends you know as they do in movies had a, a misunderstanding or a disagreement in in how things should proceed but other than that it was mostly just kind of like yeah we want to buy a vespa all right we're going we're going we're to enter this race and we're going to try and buy a vespa with the winnings and that was like the movie yeah. uh 
and it, most of the time it wasn't even about that. Most of the time it was just like, oh, humans are silly and, and yeah. uh, we're good at catching fish. So it was just very yeah. chill. I, I, I really enjoyed it because it felt very, I don't know if it's just a lack of the fact that we can't go anywhere. <laughs> it was just kind of like, it was bright and sunny and it felt like, you know, that kind of, it, f- it gave off the vibrancy of just being in Italy. It was beautifully color. I, I really thought that, you know, it was sun shining, um, just the colors coming off of it. You know, I thought it was a very lovely story. I'll be honest, this, is my, this has been my favorite Pixar movie since Coco. And this, to me, was far better than Onward and whatever else we've had since, um, even Soul. I mean, I just thought this was such a much more enjoyable movie. It was like you said, you could sit down and enjoy it. About adventure, about being a kid and just kind of experiencing stuff for the very first time through a different lens. The whole, like, sea monster thing. I mean, you knew where it was going and, you know, obviously turned up with the fact of they definitely couldn't have made this show in the in the in the movie set in the uk because it had been raining the whole time um <laughs> but generally as a whole especially in the summer it would have been i don't know i just i got to the end of that movie and i was like i know i really enjoyed that it was like and i was sitting there going, i actually i can't think of anything i didn't like about it i've got no complaints there's literally a long line i don't write like write the review they go you know what there wasn't anything i got any Think to to say <laughs> it was just like I enjoyed it and it was just like that's nice. I quite, it was just a nice, enjoyable movie. The only complaint that I have, and it's really really minor, uh, was going back to that little argument that the two kids had uh, about two thirds, three quarters yeah. of the way through the movie. It they they tried to paint it as both kids making yeah. a mistake, and I was like, no, the the one kid who who got outed as a monster yeah. was really in the wrong and he was being a jerk and it's like i have no sympathy for for your nonsense but they really tried to paint it as oh well, i i shouldn't have uh yeah i shouldn't have tried to tra- save myself and i'm like oh, okay i kind of see where you're coming from but they played it up as like a a major betrayal and like no it was seriously a practical choice if he had outed himself as a monster too he'd be in a lot of trouble yeah um that was my that that is seriously my only complaint though it's like 10 minutes of the movie the rest of it is just really fun yeah i'm really hoping a lot of people check it out um i just it's just a great i just thought it was just a really fun little movie it's that kind of thing i can see why you know people might look at soul and go Oh, that's a much more deeper, deeper movie and a bit more impactful. But Lucas is much more fun to watch. And I think kids are going to enjoy Lucas so much more. I, I mean, we talked about that with Soul, yeah. where we're like, are kids even going to enjoy this? There's a couple yeah. of slapstick things yeah. right in the middle, especially with, with the cat in the human body and the human in the cat body. And that was about it. And uh, But this one, definitely, from start to finish, I think kids are going to enjoy it. Like you yeah. said, it's very colorful, which, of course, is going to engage but there's plenty of just cute little gags and they're, mm. they're not particularly deep. They're not particularly thought provoking, but they work. Yeah. I, again, just a really enjoyable movie. And I really can't state that enough. It's like, um, I did, I think I gave it a five because I was something like, there's nothing, I, I can't, nothing. I literally was like, I can't think of a single thing I didn't like. There's nothing. I enjoyed it. I'm going to watch it again. because I want to watch it in 4k at some point over the weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just like, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Great movie. So so this will be a spoiler in case anyone didn't run away earlier, but this is the ending of the movie. I really appreciate it at the end when they, they properly get outed as monsters. The villagers, like for a couple seconds, they're like, oh man, we should, we should kill the monsters. And then a couple seconds later, like, 
wait, no, the other dude's the jerk. You know, the the, the bike riding little yeah. mustachioed kid. And you're uh, like Sasha. Well, the Sasha because I love the fact that it, it's Sasha a, Baron Cohen is like yeah. <laughs> but where they have that that brief moment, we're like, no, actually, we like these monsters better than you. Just get out of here. And, and I that's think like, about, I think I think as well as like the, the the dad kind of stepping in and kind of protect because he's obviously finds something in um, Alberto. The fact that he needs someone. And that kind of he got you know that thing because he obviously was because he was worried about him when he went missing because obviously they made that connection because obviously mm-hmm. Alberto had, had lost his you know father and all the rest of it and I like the fact that he just stood there you know you don't touch these kids kind of yeah. thing and but um, it, it also it wasn't heavy handed it I, I love that they carefully yeah. avoided why is your arm missing oh I lost it in a battle with a big no I was just born yeah. this way I didn't yeah. have an arm because they could have definitely gone with the like I hate all sea monsters and they're evil and I, I will hunt them down instead of just like yeah I kind of want to get rid of them this reward for him and then when he's actually confronted with him he's like no I'm going to be a father figure to this guy and I just like as well I mean also the fact that they went off you know he ran off on the, on the train and all the rest of it and it kind of ended with them kind of separating but kind of still being best friends and stuff and I think just as a how I also enjoyed the fact that some of the sea monsters have actually been going like the grandmother's been going there every, <laughs> every nice. weekend <laughs> and there was already some people already living there undercover kind of thing um, which I thought was just kind of fun and it, again it's a real fun movie and I really I really hope a lot of people check it out over the weekend I'm sure it's going to be massively popular because I think this one's going to have a lot of repeat value. It is. Um, also worth pointing out, there is an end credit sequence. It's not particularly important, but it is kind of cute um, if you yeah. want to sit through that. Yes, I need. To, I, I missed that one there, so I'm going to go back and watch that one. Um, so now let's talk now. We're going to do, uh, we'll do Bad Batch next. Um, another great episode. Another cameo of the week. Um, I really enjoyed again another solid episode, lots of action. You know, we finally got to see a little bit more of confrontation between the Empire and Crosshair, kind of you know getting involved and kind of. Um, again, I'm, I can't get over how good this series looks. I mean, you like when you look at it, you can literally see the paint, like the brush strokes down the masks. You know where they, and I just think that looks so cool of how they've done it. Um, bringing in Bane, uh, was it uh, Cad, Cad Bane? Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. I mean, uh, he got out. He got out the ship and all like, yay! <laughs> yeah. uh, Cad, Cad Bane was one of my favorite characters from the Clone yeah. Wars series, uh, so it was great to see him. Um, I wonder how far they're going to push his story because that was one of the stories that was on the chopping block when Clone Wars originally got canceled, and um, they've released uh, animatics and, and storyboarding from that. So I don't know if they're going to try and adapt it. It wouldn't really fit in this but if it gets a second season i could see them trying to throw it in there either way love seeing him uh and more importantly getting him uh to actually be you know scary and impressive a lot of times the bounty hunters they can't win even when they're like boba fett but having cad bane have a moment where it's like no he took down uh this very important character who we know is extremely skilled just as a and and it wasn't cheap it wasn't like ha ha uh, I'm going to prove that Cad Bane is good by taking on it. No, it was like they built up the tension mm. and they showed how it works. And like, no, he earned that win. Yeah. And also I think it's going to get Omega kind of separate them a bit and set, set that all up. Um, and also Crosshair is even more annoyed now, um, which we needed that to happen as well. You know, needed yeah. To- it, it needed to be more than just the chip motivated him. Yeah. He needed to have a moment where he could have won and he lost. And now he's like, oh, th- this 
this will not stand. I I need to get my vengeance kind of thing. Yeah, and I also like the fact as well they kept it on the like, Wrecker planet. I'm glad that they kind of didn't fly because the show was bordering on that thing of like every episode let's put them on a different planet. Um, I'm glad they've actually stayed here for a little bit. I think that definitely helped and build up that one. But again, really enjoyable episode. Got to the end of that one. Went, yeah, cool. That was that was fun. And you know, like I said, little cameo. We're getting all the just kidding, this is connecting all the dots and just putting everything together. Um, yeah, and I just which is. Down. Which is both its biggest strength and its biggest weakness. Because even now, uh, we, we mentioned it last week and the week before and the week before, it really does seem like the cameos are the important part. And I still don't feel like I know these Bad Batch characters very well at all. Uh, how are Tech and Echo different? I still don't know. <laughs> Echo's got a droid hand. That's, that's yeah. about it. Plus, we've also, obviously, Echo was an important character in Clone Wars and te- Tech is new. But it's like... Yeah, we didn't. It's yeah, they're, they're not. They're not growing as characters right now. No, no. Wrecker and Hunter kind of seem to be definitely are, and they're going to be pushing them to forward. But yeah, the two, the two. I mean, they're not even technically because they're, they're, they're obviously Tech was one of the bad batch, where Echo isn't technically one of right. Them. Uh, yeah, so no, he joined. Yeah. He joined later. Obviously, um, the other important thing is, in addition to to them pushing forward the story with Crosshair, we also got more information from the. Uh, Camino side where they talked for a little bit. So while we've been doing monster of the week for the last Mm -hmm. several episodes, uh, this finally pushed some of the actual story forward. And I think that helped elevate this episode above some of the other ones. It's a great episode. Let's now do, um, let's do the finale of big shot. Um, So this one ended up, uh, I think we all pretty much saw where this was going a a mile away um, in terms of, they win and then they stay and you know that's kind of what we probably could have picked that up from episode four i think they did a good way of getting there they also did a very good job of showing how you can film a basketball event without having any fans in attendance during the pandemic by completely cutting out that entire scene (laughs) which i I am not i am not i am not opposed to because as someone that doesn't like sports like that i'm really glad they just went oh you know what we're not even gonna do the whole like thing (laughs) to be honest they they didn't just cut the crowd out they just cut the basketball game out they're like yeah and we're gonna jump to the last four seconds where it's tied and uh the play that we've been uh hyping up this entire episode will now be important and it was literally like five minutes and the rest of the episode was was drama and i'm glad they did that i actually to be honest it's like it and it really has felt like the last few episodes. I mean, the basketball aspect to it has been completely, it's a driving force, but it's not what you're tuning in for. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy this episode. Lots of movement in terms of characters and also just kind of um, development in terms of how the characters have all moved along and where they are. And obviously just with the, the coach kind of just stepping up and going, no, I actually need to stay here. Not for, and it's not about me. And I think as well, almost that thing of like, actually, I kind of like it here, but I didn't really want to admit it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. No, I mean, we knew where it was going. It was really just a question of what was going to push him over the edge. And it, it, it they handled it pretty well. It's it's corny at a certain point. Um, and it his speech was definitely corny, but it, it was overall handled well. And all the little bits and pieces that pushed him there slowly throughout the episode. It, it's well done. It's not going to surprise anyone. No. Uh you know, you knew where this was going to go from like episode four when they first introduced yeah. the I want to go back to college basketball yeah. storyline. Um, but yeah, and, and lots of good character moments. And I, I liked how they tied in 
um, the one girl finding out her mother was actually her aunt and, and back and forth and tied it into the coach's journey as yeah. well of like, oh, no, this is actually an important thing. And it's important it, in my life, too. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's been rolling on for a couple of episodes. I think just how all the characters all had something going on. Um, there's a you know they kind of opened it up for a second season. Uh, I did a, do an article yesterday. Um, there is kind of apparently talk of um, a second season, saying that they have, nothing's been officially announced. On one hand, it's like it opened it wide open with the other coach going off to the other team and then obviously having a competitor. But I also kind of got to the end of it. Actually, if they never did a return, I think they've actually left it in a good place. I was kind of like, hmm, they kind of. They've set up a second one, but they kind of left it as well. If we never saw another episode, kind of feel like you got enough closure. Yeah, I felt the exact same. In fact, I had almost literally the exact same thought. Whereas, like, yeah. if if season two doesn't happen, I'm perfectly satisfied with where things end. But if they have a season two, I will absolutely turn in and and uh, a tune in. Sorry, and and look forward to seeing where they go with that storyline and yeah. see what else develops into it no doubt about it big shot is probably one of the better disney plus original series we've seen so far from the disney side of things i kind of think it's probably the best i mean I'm trying to think what other ones we got yeah so out of all the disney side of the um the drama side of things it's easy, easy the top one there's no doubt about it um and i it's like and i know we've got obviously we've got like you know you've got the right stuff which is a really good series and i think big shot I think Big Shot was much better at playing with the emotions a little bit. I think they obviously got a little bit of a different tone. But those two shows, both of which, are, you know, maybe didn't do as well, because I don't think the audience is used to this kind of show being on Disney+. And I feel like history's repeating, repeated itself with that one a little bit of, you know, a little bit more. Because I do feel like, especially like internationally, Disney shows on Disney+, Plus have a problem of, identity of trying to get out to the audience because the audience they're looking for isn't looking for it there and you know and that's the problem and it's it's too it's a little bit too mature for kids so they're not tuning in and the adults aren't aware of them because they they're they're going to need we're ultimately going to need multiple shows like this to kind of prove the point here in the like UK and internationally now with all the star side of things, I think we've got a much better chance of things getting picked up because there are adults in there watching it. But I don't, I mean, as much as it's just like, get rid of the basketball off of the, get, don't, don't push the sports, the sport aspect as much in the promotion of it. That's my one thing. Because I... it just turns, it can, it turns people, if you're, if, if you're in a drama series, your monk, and I know it's a sports drama series, but if you push too much on the sports, it can push the people away you're trying to attract. It, and it all depends on where you're marketing it to. As a high school basketball, there, there's probably a fairly sizable audience of people in America who are interested in a high school basketball drama, whereas international audiences are significantly yeah. less so. Yeah. You know, yeah. it it would be the same as trying to push like a rugby show in America. You, you can probably get uh, a lot of audience for it, uh, particularly in like Australia and things like that. But America's going to be like, I don't want to watch a rugby show. Yeah. No. Um, that said, uh, I think that Big Shot has a better chance of breaking uh, of yeah breaking into it and, and getting people interested in it over the right stuff because the right stuff was very distinctly adult. Yeah. While yeah. while it wasn't like NC seventeen or even R rated, it definitely had very adult concepts and as we know from emails that people have sent in, uh, got that language that people didn't approve of. Whereas Big Shot, 
uh, it feels like a Disney show and uh, there's nothing in it that I would have been like, no, this needs to move over to Hulu. This needs to move yeah. over to, um, you know, one of the, the smaller Disney uh, yeah. television channels. So not on the main channel, but one on the smaller ones like Freeform or something like that. No, I've been perfectly fine with it there. And I think if you can actually get people to watch it, then yeah. they will enjoy it. Yes. Now, speaking of high school um, shows, let's move now on to a different one. Um, Love, Victor. We got the first episode. Oh, that's not, the right. Second... That's yeah, not right. where I thought you were going. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, second episode of uh, Love, Victor um, dropped on to Disney Plus internationally, and we'll be getting new episodes every week. Obviously, they're all available on uh, Hulu, which is annoying because obviously I know there's a cliffhanger coming up and I haven't got that far. And we know, you know, we're about two and a half months away, but we know something's coming on. But it's interesting with this one is James, you've watched the, you've kind of jumped into this one to kind of catch up a little bit. What are right. your thoughts on Love Victor? Because obviously you came into this completely um, neutral this week. Yeah. And let's give a little bit of context too. Yeah. Um, I, I literally started it this past week. I got a Hulu subscription finally after complaining yeah. about it for long enough. <laughs> um, and I decided rather than just binging the entire season one, I would watch the beginning of season one just to be like familiarize myself with the characters, familiarize myself with the basic premise uh, beyond what's on the box and then jump into season two. Uh, and of course, season two ends with a recap or starts with a recap. Yeah. So I'm not entirely lost on what's going on. If I had started with season one, episode one, I probably would not have bothered with season two. Mm -hmm. um season one episode one did not grab me now there might have been something in one of the you yeah. know episode two or three or four where i've been like okay let's keep going um season two episode one so the one that just came out yeah. on star yeah. Yeah. but it you know, the entirety is on hulu's yeah. whatever um was much better i enjoyed this one significantly better it 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 ratcheted down the stupid drama and added in better drama um yeah. It's got the drama from the couple, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're kind of cool with where they're at. Yeah. But I really appreciated that the parents had a whole a whole arc within this episode of them yeah. coming to terms or not with the situation, and then uh, going from that. It, it, I appreciated they handled that well. It did not feel like here's drama, forced drama, forced drama. It actually felt authentic, which yeah. was more than I could say for season one, episode one. Well, this is the thing is. Um... I mean, we had we had season one drop weekly from like when was that from when Disney Plus launched. So it was kind of like for it was kind of weird for all of us like internationally. We went through season one and it only finished like a couple of weeks ago, so it hasn't really been like too much of. So we've obviously had time for it to grow, and then going into but when you go into say season two now this is no longer a Disney Plus show because the first series was made for Disney Plus and it was a little bit younger, a little bit skewed, a little bit younger. There's some and but they then went oh it's a little bit too risky for Disney Plus so we're not going to put it on there. Now you watch this here now and you, you look at it and go, it, for me it's like and there's a couple of scenes coming up in later episodes which you can see why they maybe you know um, comparing the kissing in Love Victor season two compared to High School Musical and Big Shot is very different. There's a different but there's a different intensity, but it's still you know still just kissing and. There is that kind of thing. You can say that with the second season, they knew that they could push it a little bit more. And so I think they had a little bit more freedom in making it. And I think it has made the show better because they know that they're going for a little bit of audience and they didn't have to hold back because of Disney Plus US. 
Yeah, uh, for us, we still got on Disney Plus, but um, yeah, they didn't have to hold it back and hold it, um, hold the reins in a little bit more. Yeah, and I think the reception of season one, where which was mostly positive from what I recall, uh, kind of uh, emboldened them to push yeah. it a little bit more and, and actually go with it. Plus, they were able to get the feedback on what people were enjoying and what people thought was stupid. And you can definitely tell that they're they're moving into issues that feel more real feel more like what modern yeah. teens because it admittedly my impressions of season one are very short mm-hmm. but i was kind of like oh you you're definitely going the high school musical we are going to like emphasize everything to the nth degree which yeah. to be fair teenagers definitely have a yeah. tendency to amplify everything mm-hmm. but uh with season two you still get that from the teenagers but mm-hmm. the parents felt a lot more mm-hmm. Yeah. level-headed even when they weren't agreeing well that's something that will um uh that will come into later episodes because I've, I've seen the first four episodes as part of this the screening thing so i've, I've got I've, i'm be, i'm gonna have to wait a few weeks to like um yeah to to the and, and that's a decent yeah. place to insert that yeah. um while i could watch the entire series from front to back right now i will go at the pace that it's yeah. releasing on uh on to start yeah it's, it's kind of yeah it's kind of this like weird thing of it's I think it's I think it's a really cool show. It also shows that little bit of more maturity in terms of high school content um, of what is that kind of thing. Like to me, like if you're doing a show aimed at teenagers in high school, like Big Shot, and you know this one, and even a sense like there needs to be a little bit more realism in it because like I don't feel like I get that from High School Musical. High School Musical, the series is they're all 18, probably actually more the actors are all in their 20s, but they're pretend they're still acting like they're 12. And that's kind of like, I'm, I'm 18 and I do all this. And I'm still nine years old. <laughs> there's like everything super plus. And it's a little bit like, oh, this is so, f- I, it's kind of fuzzy and lovely and it's all nice and jazz hands and all the rest of it. But it's, there's not enough, there's no grit in it. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. You can definitely tell that both of these shows took very different philosophies. Yeah. Uh, High School Musical is supposed to be whimsical. I mean, it's right yeah. there in the title, but it, it's uh, it, it's written from the old school soap opera mentality. Yeah. We are going to take what is a normal everyday problem, and then we're going to have everyone react to it in the worst possible way <laughs> and the loudest possible way. I mean, it, soap opera one on one, and and they do it over the course of the entire season and they amplify it and they, uh, and they just like how much drama can we get out of one stupid situation? Whereas love Victor and also big shot, big shot kind of straddled it. It sometimes would go one way and sometimes go the other, but uh, they, these are much more where the drama speaks for itself. We don't need to give it a loudspeaker because you will understand that this is a dramatic moment. The question is, though, did you enjoy the Love Victor season oh. two? Yeah, yeah. So you, I did. Is that, yeah, so is that a good thing as well? Like moving onwards of just like, you know, if you enjoyed the show, because I mean, like, you know, like you said, you know, you didn't, you, you're done with high school musical. <laughs> I, am done, I am done with high school musical. I gave, I gave it six episodes over two different seasons. It did not click with me. No. Um, um, I understand that it, it is immensely popular. It just doesn't. Yeah. I, I'm gonna, it, is, it is at the bottom of my pile now. It is very much at the kind of the last one I watch. Um, it's kind of funny on the Fridays now. It's like Bad Batch, Grownish, and then it was High School Musical. Um, 
Yeah, and then obviously next week you've got Mysterious Benedict Society, mm. but let's we'll talk about that next week. Um, right, so let's now move on to the big one. Loki, the f- um, second episode dropped on um, fr- Wednesday. I keep, I am, I've so got to get used it's to habit. saying, and I do it, I keep typing Fridays because when I'm doing the dates, it's like coming out on, no, I've been, I've been so used to writing Friday a hundred times a day. <laughs> I was like, no, Wednesdays. Yeah, so we've got the new episode on Wednesday. Now, I did see it last week at that um, uh, London premiere. So I watched it on the big screen with lots of people around. I did watch it again yesterday just because I wanted to watch it, like, again, just refresh myself. And it is just, it's like, this was such a great episode. This was really just hitting, it really got the move, they got the story moving on so much faster. We got established who the villain is. It established um, Loki, what his position is. And I just really... We got the fun side of Loki back. That was what I enjoyed because that's always been the cool thing I liked about Loki. It was the, the fun side of him. I know him being a villain, but him being a villain but being cheeky with it. <laughs> I, kind of, I like that aspect of him because he's mischief. That's what you want. Mischief doesn't necessarily, I know he's, you know, he's a killer and all that, but mischief, to, the Lord of Mischief is about causing problems and playing with things and having a bit of fun with it and having fun while you're going along. I don't think of the word as mischief as, you know, you know, evil. I don't know. That's kind of- yeah. And that was a problem that the the comic book version of Loki encountered, I don't know, about a decade ago at this point, where he realized he looked back at his career and he's like, I'm not the, the god of mischief anymore. I'm just an evil god. There's there's nothing fun. There's not nothing trickstery about being evil all the time. It's no longer a trick if you're always expected to be evil. And that so he he morphed into the character that we kind of know now of Am I good? Am I bad? Mostly I'm just doing it for me and I'm yeah. going to do it in a way that you don't expect, which leads me into my, my first point though, which is I'm really enjoying that Owen Wilson's character is able to stand up to him. Yeah. You, you can tell he's got those moments where he's like, Oh yeah, no, this makes it. Oh, wait a second. Who am I talking to? You know, uh, not just you, <laughs> but we've never really had that in the Marvel universe until this point. Sure. At the end of Thor Ragnarok, um, Thor has finally kind of, gotten you can't trust loki you know he's throwing beer cans at him to make sure he's actually there but there's nobody in the mcu who is just like mentally able to keep up with loki yeah because the thing is especially with agent i mean i i really love like owen wilson as it's sort of about the way he talks this is is i don't know if it's a southern draw there's something about him to me i just find him fascinating when i'm watching and then you know and he's doing the whole thing that he does in every and i just like that and I'm really enjoying how it band, how it connects with Loki, like that, that his style and Loki actually do work really well together. And they are getting that like, you know, that typical like, I would say like good cop bad cop, the buddy cop kind of situation between the two. And hopefully we'll see more of that moving onwards. But um, I really enjoyed that whole aspect. And this episode, you know, and the whole thing of him like Loki realizing that he needs to do something to survive, and he's doing what he needs to, and playing the game trying to get there, trying to do what he wants and just having a bit of fun. And I don't know, I, you know, obviously just not wanting to be killed. (laughs) He's just trying to exist and he's trying to work out the best way he can with multiple angles because he, you know, he is always 10 steps ahead. Well, at least he thinks he is. He might not be in this case. Um, And not just for, not just for Owen Wilson's case either. Um, What I, one of the things I really appreciate about this episode though is um, and really showcases the talent, not just of Tom Hiddleston and, and Owen Wilson, but of the creative team behind this is that like 
80% of this episode is them talking in a library. Yeah. Like it's going through records. Um, sure. Interjecting with the librarian or other people walking around, but 80% of it is, is them doing research and it's incredibly entertaining and engaging all and the way know, through. It was funny. There was someone to put a comment on the Facebook group. Going, oh, this was so boring. There was too much talking. I fell asleep. I'm like, that was like, that's the best is like, this is what is great about it is, you can't, you know, just because not got explosions. <laughs> it like, I, mean, I mean, yeah, if you're coming into this and you're, and you're wanting Loki to be Avengers Loki, where he's twirling daggers and he's riding on the back of a carriage and shooting stuff. Yeah. You're going to be a little bit disappointed, but we've still got uh, four more, four more, yeah, four more episodes uh, where the action can kind of step in and we, and we see how the action's popping in, but yeah, no, <laughs> this is a dialogue episode. Uh, and it's fantastic as a dialogue episode, but if, if you don't like dialogue episodes, you're not going to like it. I think this, again, is where the series would, if, if had this been a movie, they would have really had to cut that whole, this whole thing would have been really shortened. But I think having that, I think the episodes being like 45, 50 minutes extends that out a little bit. And we are getting the advantage of them having a little bit more time to grow these characters out, especially, you know, like him doing the whole thing with the library. I, you know, and then going off, into the past to test something you know that's the kind of thing i don't think would have would have happened in a movie because it would have just been too tired but i you know him just messing about and just like saying everyone you're all gonna die <laughs> yeah and i will compliment tom hiddleston on his latin in that yeah. scene too now i am i'm i haven't studied latin since like seventh grade but it sounded good to me and that's yeah. all you really need in that scene yeah i, I just again there's so much about this episode i really enjoyed um I definitely feel, I actually feel like, because I've watched every episode twice now, and I kind of actually feel like this is a show that I probably am going to have to, I know like with WandaVision, I did that as well with later with some of the episodes to try and catch everything because there was so many secrets. But I didn't feel like I needed to do that with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, whereas with Loki, it's like, oh no, this is just a good one to go back and watch, you know, maybe before the next episode drops again on on Wednesdays. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like the whole thing of them introducing um, Loki, I was Lady Loki. We don't really know how they're going to do with this one here. And also toying with the idea that there's all these different versions, like Hulk version and, you know, different. That's one way of kind of them playing around with the different variants versions of them. And this could be a cool way of kind of continuing on Loki. And just how, I mean, that whole thing of just bombing the main timeline. We don't know what chaos has come up out from that. You know, you can tell from that, that scene that they are literally on the lines of emergency or hands <laughs> to deck. Um, you know, something ma- massively is going wrong. How is this going to set up, you know, uh, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and all the rest of it? You know, is this going to have a massive impact on the on the multiverse? You know, we don't know where this is happening. I mean, I'll hold my breath on that one because, yeah. you know, we, we've seen WandaVision, we've seen Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier and yeah, we don't really know what long-term impact they will have but you can tell from the end of them you're like okay so the long-term impact of falcon the winter soldier is he agreed to take the shield uh and become captain america but if you hadn't done the series we would have just assumed that he adopted the shield at the end of uh end game and wandavision okay it brings vision back but we we were all expecting oh it's going to open up uh you know the multiverse and it's going to open up dr strange is going to lead right into it and like oh well she's just kind of off in the mountains well, I definitely, I definitely feel like this one is not just. I mean, this has opened up the multiverse in terms of they've explained it. 
you know, explain how it works. I mean, they've done that's the whole thing with the timeline and the motive, you know, and I do feel like they've, and the variants, you know, we're obviously going to hear the word variant, I think, coming in. Um, oh, we need day. to get that we need to get that variant jacket i know that they uh they listed it, got it on a, the it, on, is, it is out it is out. <laughs> i i know I, I saw it listed on the week two merchandise list i was like oh of course that's gonna be on the yeah i'm still waiting for the infinity stone um uh desk weights yes though. i bet they're coming but then i i just i'm yeah i took in a great episode really enjoying the series it's it is to me it feels in a different category to the last two I feel like I'm watching something. I would say it just feels better. I'm just enjoying it so much more with Loki. Um, it just feels like on a different level than the last two Marvel shows. Yeah, uh, and and we even said that back when those shows came out too. It was like WandaVision feels like more of a movie and then Falcon Winter Soldier was like, oh, well, this is Captain America 3.5 or something like that. Yeah. It's a great action movie. But Loki, they're, they're really pushing it. Um, you know the special effects obviously you can see some of it going on like the creation of the city yeah. uh that they're in and whatnot but but even just subtle small things going on you can tell that they've they've put a lot of work into it and the story is on a different level yeah um but it, it is impressive how we're on our third show now and they're all completely different from each other yeah. I yet yeah, both wandavision and this one have that mind bending what's yeah. going on what are the secrets but its approach was massively different. It's like we're going to do it with a, uh, a throwback to the sitcoms, and and this one's just like no, we're, we're going to go completely off the wall. Yeah. Uh, we're going to play with time, and we're going to manipulate all sorts of stuff. And of course, Falcon and Winter Soldier was a, a an action buddy cop yeah. movie. And then we're going to see a massive shift then with Miss Marvel and Hawkeye and What If. I mean, I think well, what yeah, I What If by itself is yeah, yeah. So th- again, just a really great episode. Just um, it is that kind of thing of like. You know, just look at, I mean, look, you know, all the content that we're getting at the minute, you know, like I said, and then we've not even gone into the star stuff, but, um, you know, a nice selection of stuff there between Luca, Loki, Bad Batch, High School, you know, just choice. And that's ultimately what we all want. But yeah, so Loki, another great episode. Let us know in the comments below what you think of all of this. Um, then we can go check us out over at what's on at disneyplus.com we'll do another live Q&A on a Sunday night where YouTube members um, can join in live on the chat and also both Patreon and YouTube channel members have been able to put in their submissions for questions for this week um, also this weekend we've got a review of Monsters University that will be going up on Sunday you'll find that on a different podcast feed so if you're trying to look for that one here I have separated away from one another and yep next week look out for some interviews with wolfgang and also the mysterious benedict society and on that note guys thank you very much we'll see you guys soon laters later